2: Notice, you'll be changed from the inside out. Then readily recognize what he wants for you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Notice, it's not about you being a better person. It's about God changing you to be a better person. Rules and religion cannot change me from the inside. God can only change me
0: from the inside. Have you tried tirelessly your entire life to change your old habits and be more like Jesus but always seem to fall short? Today, Pastor Mark will help listeners to see that no true transformation can occur outside of total surrender to God. True change on the inside of a person can only come from Him. No set of guidelines or extra boost of willpower is going to transform your life. Jesus called for his followers to leave everything and simply follow him. Do you want to experience positive change in your life from the inside out? Put your faith in Jesus. Give him control and watch him work. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he continues his message entitled, The Threat to the Church from the Inside
1: your lessons
2: for Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured in your lap. The amount you give, so many people misunderstood this. I'm so glad my dad taught me this. I'm so glad my wife's parents taught her this. I'm so glad my wife and I taught our children this. The amount you give will determine the amount. You get back. See, people don't understand that giving is a principle. You, you can't out God. So just bring yourself to the Scripture today. If God looked at your checkbook this morning, would He go, whoa! You see, the checkbook is a picture of your heart. Do you trust God or you don't trust God? Now, for those of you that are new, we don't... Hype on money. But whenever it comes up in the scripture, I flat teach on it. Because if you miss that, you miss the greatest thing in all of life. I understand tithing. I practice it way more than tithing. Why? Because I know how good God is to me. Now, remember we said Jesus is giving woes. I'm giving you no woes. Say with me, no woes. No. No woes. So here's number five, no woe. What can I learn from what Jesus just taught with that one? Here it is. Teach. Parents, small group leader, pastors, elders, teach, obey all the Word of God. Make sure you're not majoring in some minor kind of deal. Obey all the Word of God and then live with the emphasis of God. Love God and love people. As I do that, God will be pleased with my life. We'll look at Matthew twenty three twenty five. Woe to you teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of woe, greed and self-indulgence. Self-indul- Blind Pharisee! First clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. See in the in the Jewish faith ceremonial washings, being clean was a big deal, part of the Jewish law. Uncleanness was not really a physical thing, although it had a relationship to that, but it was really related to a spiritual aspect, the person's heart. Let me give you an example. In the Old Testament, in Jewish times, if a person, a Jew, touched a dead body, they became unclean. If a Jew came in talk, contact with one of you, a Gentile, they became unclean. In the Old Testament times, ladies in Vieira and here, when you went through your monthly menstrual cycle, you were unclean. Guys, if you had a boil that came out and it was an exposed sore, you were unclean. Well, you say, Pastor Mark, that's cool, so, so I'm unclean, what's the big deal? Well, it was huge. Listen, if a person was ceremonial unclean, that meant that he or she could not enter the temple or the synagogue, and thus they could not worship. You see, you just couldn't come in like this and, hey, I'm here to worship God no matter what we look like. or whatever. No, you couldn't do that. You couldn't meet with God individually. You had to go to a temple. You had to go to a priest. You had to have sacrifices. And if you were unclean... You couldn't go. So Jesus emphasizes the inside. Well, this is what Jesus says. The inside of the cup didn't represent something physical. It represented something spiritual. The heart. The control center of man. The real you today. You see, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, when we see this, Jesus was saying to the leadership, Hey, you look great publicly, but privately, your world is corrupt. See, these guys were in their religious garbs, and the people looked at them and went, wow. And Jesus says, I go past the clothing, I went to the heart, and I found greed in a leader, the New Testament says, an elder, a pastor can't be a greedy person. He said, I found greed. And he said, the other sin I see is self-indulgence. You don't care about the people. You just want to promote yourself. See, we are first to be cleansed through repentance and then faith from the inside, which is only a work that God can do. I can't clean my heart. And as I am then cleaned, as John 15 says through the word, Then my behavior will become acceptable. The outside will match the real me. David would say this in Psalms 51.6. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. So what is the no-woe about this one? It's very clear. Here's what it is. Emphasize the heart. Your heart. Be clean from the inside out and it will show. Be clean from the inside out and it will show. You know what I heard this week? I couldn't believe it. Here's what the individual said If you'll dress for success on the outside, it will, ch- this is a Christian program, it will change your inside. I think not. The Bible says, start where? On the inside, it'll show on the outside. Let me speak to you about a private subject that sometimes we never address in the church, but I think it's appropriate to do it at this point. The Spirit led me to do it last night, and I feel the same this morning. From time to time, I get emails from people, or people will stop me. And they'll say this, Pastor Mark, especially in the summertime, we have people coming to this church. And their dress on the outside is pretty provocative. They're really not, I mean, it's really offensive to me. You, You need to go speak to them and ask them to change. Well, here's my answer to you. Our church is open to whoever wants to come. However they want to come. I believe that's the way Jesus was. You remember the day that the Jewish Pharisees and scribes brought to Jesus a woman caught in the, listen, in the very act of adultery. And they put her down before him. Can you imagine what she looked like? What parts were covered? What weren't? Do you see in the scripture that Jesus said, now before I can deal with you, we're going to have to dress up a little bit. We're going to have to kind of clean up your act on the outside, then I'm going to deal with your heart. Is that what Jesus did? No, he did not. You know what I find in the church? And take this the way I mean it. I fear very oftentimes we become self-righteous when God changes a person on the inside. Eventually, they'll see they should be chased on the outside. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian yet, Welcome! However, you are. Can I say that again? Welcome, however, you are. <laughs> Viera, same for you. As God changes you, things will change a little bit. You'll look a little more chaste. No, I don't want you up to here and then you know, the head thing over, you can let it forget it. Just act normal. Be chaste. Be holy. Be wonderful. And when you're gonna be at home with your husband. Be all you can be. All right, now. Now. All right. See if I can get your mind back. Now come on back. Three of you were asleep. You're not anymore, so that's good. Now. Look at what Jesus says. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like white wars tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but in the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Remember I told you in those days being ceremonial clean was huge. Well, in the Jewish days, Jesus said to them, you whitewashed tombs. Well, it doesn't mean anything to us. What it meant was in those days, people would be coming in the month of Adair for the Passover. Hundreds of thousands of Jews. So the people living in Jerusalem would get out and whitewash all the tombs. What reason? So somebody coming in the town wouldn't go, whoa, man, I just stepped on a grave. I didn't even know it was a grave. No, it was whitewashed. You could see it. It was shining. See, if you stepped on it, what happens? You came thousands of miles to go to the Passover. Now what? You can't go. And so the graves looked really beautiful. Now by whitewashing them on the outside, did they change what it was? It's a grave. Inside are bones. It's dead. Jesus said, you whitewashed tombs. Outwardly. Man, you're an example. You're a beautiful picture of what it is to be a leader of the Jewish people. But when I open you up, you're a dead religion. And the problem was this. They were people of influence. And people thought they were righteous and tried to pattern their life after them. Let me see if you can get this term. Like father, like son. That's what Jesus was so angry about. He says, you're setting the role model, these, your spiritual children are patting their life after you, and it's absolutely disaster. You're supposed to be leading people to God, you're leading them away from God. Well, how do we solve this? Paul would speak to us, we have just a second, but I want you to see this in the Message Bible. The Message Bible you would never use for Bible study, but it's sometimes there's a verse or two that It's just rich in application. Here's Romans chapter 12. Look what it says. So here's what I want you to do, helping you. Take your everyday, your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, walking around this life, and place it before God as an offering. Oh, stop, hold it. See, God isn't just interested in your tithing. He wants you to give him your body. Every part of us. He wants all of me. It includes my wallet. He wants every part of me, every part of me, not just my Sunday part of me, not just my Saturday night part of me. Notice, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. It's a lifestyle. Just offer it to God. Be real. Notice the second part. Embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That's what we do. We just become like our culture and pretty soon the world says, you're no different than the culture. We should be. Say get ready. Say get 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 ready. Say get ready. Get ready. Here comes the key. Watch it. Get ready. Get ready. Vera, get ready. Get ready. Here it goes. Instead, fix your attention on God. If I fix my attention on God, what happens? Watch this. You'll be changed from the. Say it with me. From the inside out. That's how we're changed, not from the outside in. Do you realize how much time we spend on the outside? In the old days, we didn't have makeup. It was wrong in the church. Thank God we've passed that. (laughs) See, if a house needs painting, paint that sucker. (laughs) Am I right? Amen. Hallelujah. I feel better already. So, notice, you'll be changed from the inside out. Then readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Notice, it's not about you being a better person. It's about God changing you to be a better person. Rules and religion cannot change me from the inside. God can only change me from the inside. That's what he wants. So here's our seventh no-woe. Our seventh no-woe. What was Jesus, what would he say to us today? Here it is. No false religious pride. Be real and rely on Christ's power to be right, character, and to do right. Now here's our last woe from Jesus. Look at verse 29. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You build tombs for the prophets, and you decorate the graves of the righteous, and you say, if we had lived in those days of our forefathers, we would have not taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Here's what was happening. In the Old Testament, the fathers of and the fathers, and the great-grandfathers, and the great-great-great-great-grandfathers, of these Pharisees who were living there in the time of Jesus, in the Old Testament, when God would send a prophet, they'd kill the prophet. They'd just kill him. But in this day, they're building tombs to the prophets. And they're putting flowers around the prophets' tombs. And they're saying, here's what they said to Jesus, we wouldn't be like our dads. We're different. We've learned. We've learned to be better. In fact, today, God, if Jesus, if you send us prophets, we'll honor them. We would never kill them. Well, let me ask you a question. In two days, what would the Jewish people do? Killed Jesus, the prophet. So notice what Jesus says in this next verse. So you testify against yourselves. In other words, you just lied. That you are descendants of those who murdered the prophet. See, like father, say it with me, like son. You haven't learned a thing. Philip, then the measure of the sin of your forefathers. In other words, if you thought the judgment on your dads were great, your great-grandfathers were great, watch this. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how we escaped escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers. Here's what you'll do to them. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Obviously, Jesus, Peter, crucified upside down. Others you will flog in your synagogue and then pursue from town to town. What did the Apostle Paul do initially? Pursue them from town to town. What did they do to Stephen in Acts chapter 7? They stoned him to death. Verse 35. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. From the beginning prophet to the end, in the Old Testament, you killed him. There was death. There was blood. I tell you the truth, and this will come upon this generation. All Jesus is saying is, there's judgment coming to this generation because you killed the prophets. The judgment would be in 70 AD, it would start. The city of Jerusalem would be destroyed. The temple would be dismounted, just totally gone. And the Jews would be spread across the world until 1948. So, what is the know all we can learn? And if there's anything more important, I don't know it today. If there's anything more important than this last one, I don't know it. Here's what it is. No woe. Learn from the sins of the past. Your sin. My sin. The sins of others. What we just see here with the Pharisees. Don't go like, what's wrong with you guys? Learn from it. And then, simply, don't repeat them. You know, we don't do this. Do you know why I know this? Think in our United States today. Second, third, fourth, fifth, six marriages. We don't learn. We don't learn. God has to start new churches. You know why? Because the old churches, they go away from the Bible. They become form. They become ritual. There's not the Spirit of God. God says, forget it. I have to take it out of here and start it again. Guys, let's learn from history. For your children's sake... Learn so you can pass on to them something that's alive. Now quickly, turn with me. One more passage, we're done. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. About four books back, Acts chapter 2. I want you to see something very positive. You see, this new church that would come would be very different than the old Jewish church. Oh, All the leaders were Jewish, but they weren't religious They had a relationship with Jesus Christ. You remember when Jesus went to the cross, all the disciples fled. One of them actually denied the Lord, Peter. One of them gave him away, Judas. But eventually, outside of Judas, God restored all of these Jewish leaders. They became people of influence in the early church. Now, Jesus doesn't write no woes to this church. It's being done right. Take a look at it. By the way, this is Melbourne. There, this is the church we want to be. This is the church is our pattern. They devoted themselves in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Notice the things that were happening. There's the balance. Teaching, fellowship, communion, prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. They loved coming to church. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. See, it wasn't dead bones. It wasn't dead religion. God was alive. Changes in people's lives. People were being healed. People being saved. People being baptized in the Spirit. And all the believers were together. There was great unity. And they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods. See, they were giving people They gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet. It wasn't a deal like, well, I'm coming every four weeks to church. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes. Your home was open. You loved having people in. And they ate together with glad. And here's the key. Sincere heart. These people weren't perfect, but they loved God and it showed. They were being changed from the inside. And praising God, and enjoying the favor of all the people. What does that mean? Well, when the outside world saw what was happening to these 3,000, they wanted in. They wanted in. Why? Because they wanted what these people had. Look what he does in the last part of verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved.
0: A Christ follower is to be real, abstain from false religious pride, and rely on God's power to both be right and do right. Today, we learned from Pastor Mark some valuable life principles to practice daily. Surrendering our lives to Christ is not a one-time thing, but a continuous action over the course of a lifetime. God is not interested in how many church services we attend or how much money we give, He wants a heart of complete devotion to Him. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com How do you define the heart of God, and has it ever changed over time? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will take a look at the nature of God from the Old Testament until now, and note how He has always displayed compassion and patience towards mankind. The Lord has always had our best interest at heart and has never changed. Humble yourself and allow God's heart for you to spark your heart for Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear your lessons.